0: Welcome back to one of these years, our Detroit Lions podcast. I'm Chris Burke, joined by Nick Baumgartner. We had a, a brief window of excitement mm. last week with the Lions coming back and knocking off the Bears, sort of back to reality uh, against the Packers, yeah. and, and then a, a little bit beyond that with Matthew Stafford leaving with an injury that, you know, we're kind of waiting to see what the situation's going to be moving forward here. But welcome in, Nick. The Lions mm-hmm. now, not mathematically out of the playoff race, but I think the Bevel Miracles are probably off the table <laughs> right. at this yeah, point. Right, yeah, probably so. so. Uh, what's your takeaway out of uh, week 14 against the Packers? Yeah, I, mean, I think, again, um, it's pretty familiar in that,
1: and I will say, you know, it's like they scrapped. They fought hard. They played hard. They played for each other, all these things that we talked about a week ago against Chicago. And I don't think we can discount, you know, maybe Daryl Bevel's influence on some of that or, you know, the team in general rallying. I mean, we saw a lot of stuff came out after uh that Bears game. I mean I I don't know, Chris, did you see the um did you see the I think they had mic'd up stuff where they had like the Lions published a little video of all the stuff they did mic'd up and it showed Stafford, you know, throwing Bevel the game ball and everybody rallying yeah. around him and People were excited, and people were looser, and people were playing a little more free and clear. And I think that that carried over into this one. And, you know, I think for the most part, the Lions' plan was good in this one, about as good as it could have been. Um, But what was exposed here, again, was, you know, a thin roster that wasn't very deep to begin with. Uh, You know, one that, you know, Aaron Rodgers is very familiar with in terms of where the holds are and where to pick on. And the Lions just don't have, even when they were healthy, um, this team just never had any answer for something like what Green Bay can do to you. You know, Rodgers, Adams, uh, Valdez, Scantling, um, Aaron Jones. I mean, they just don't have athletes that can, that can counter that. And I think that that's more obvious now than ever because I actually thought they, I thought they handled that game about, like we said, about as well as you could. I thought yep. there were some nice management moves in there from Daryl Bevel on the sideline. They got some stops, they make some calls up defensively, and it just never, you never felt like it was going to be enough. That was my takeaway, that they were just never going to have enough, you know, in terms of talent to go make a play. And that's why they're in the situation they're in and, and why this is, uh, you know, sort of where it's at.
0: Yeah. And to your point, again, um, I mean, I do think you credit the effort, uh, uh, again, yeah. but we have, as we've said, I don't know. Other than the the couple games right before Matt Patricia got fired, I don't know that the efforts ever been right. too much in question here. And I think again, you saw it. You know, they went down, they went down fighting. It would have been kind of interesting to see if uh, they'd gotten that call on the onside kick, if Chase mm-hmm. Daniel could have taken him down the field for a game yeah. tying or you know chance of a two pointer to win it or something. Um, and uh, the defense did did come up with a couple stops in the first half to keep them in it. I certainly thought it was – you know, there were a couple times where it was kind of teetering on the brink of a blowout, and they Mm -hmm. managed to – as Bevel said, they kind of got it settled and hung in there and um, had some – you know, Mike Ford made a great play on Devontae Adams deep, and Daryl Roberts came up and made a play to to break up a third down pass. So they had some moments defensively, but, yeah, they're just – some of the plays where you know they they were dropping off in coverage, and Rodgers Rogers would just flick it out to Devontae hmm. Adams, and then he just yeah. was running through like Madden rookie level, <laughs> and the defense right, yeah. uh, sort of exemplified just the struggles that they were facing. So I think that yeah, to to even have that game in the ballpark at the end uh, sort of said something about the team. I mean, I think they did miss some opportunities on offense too. Right before the they probably could have been ahead at halftime um you know the maybe gotten a pass interference call on the on the deep ball the Quintus cephas but you know they had the uh, the sack right as they were kind of yeah, on right the before. verge of field goal range there you throw like a five-yard pass and you at least give prater a chance to to bomb one and and maybe go into halftime with the lead so they missed some chances but hung in there i mean I, realistically i think that was the best they could do against that team is just yeah. give themselves sort of a, a puncher's chance in the in the fourth quarter, that's kind of where they're at right now, and especially defensively, which, you know, as we've talked about, this is this is bad. <laughs> they're yeah, not really in is. a good spot yeah. defensively, and it's hard to, you know, they're obviously without a couple key guys, you know, Okuda has been on the show for a while now. Trey Flowers has been on the show for several weeks. Uh, they got Deshaun Ham back. He played 20 snaps. I actually thought he was all right. He played pretty well against the run, but, you know, this is continues to get hammered home every week that they're looking at I mean, you need like six to nine new starters next yeah, year. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty daunting task for this new GM. Yeah, I mean, big time. I mean, it was just like the Green Bay
1: games, for for whatever reason, uh, you know, seemed to hammer this home, maybe because they play twice a year and everything else, and that the talent gap is so wide there, <laughs> wider than it ever needs to be. But, you know, you go back to the first game and you say, you know, Jared Davis got worked by Aaron Rodgers again, early in that game for a touchdown. Will Harris got worked for a touchdown. This game, Jelani Tavai a mess. And, you know, and not that anyone cares anymore because these guys have been fired, but it, it was such a, you know, in vogue or whatever you want to call it thing to just blame Patricia for all of this. For, you know, like uh, mostly in 2019, you know, we would hear this, Chris, every single game. Why aren't they blitzing more? Why aren't they doing yeah, Patricia right. sucks. He doesn't know how to call defense. And it's like, well, you know what? Like he wasn't the greatest head coach, right? Like we can agree with that. But Bob Quinn's roster, and maybe Patricia has something to do with that as well. It's so bad. Like Jared Davis, Will Harris, Jelani Tavai, that's a first round pick, a second round pick, and a third round pick in the last, what, three years? And none of them are playable. Like that's Tavai, I don't know how it is now. I don't know if PFF has updated its numbers, but he goes into the he goes into the Green Bay game as the worst rated you basically defensive starter the Lions have. Can't imagine a year ago. He went up. <laughs> no, yeah, a year ago that that was Jared Davis. Uh, Will Harris has basically fallen off that chart because he just doesn't play anymore. I mean, these are grave errors they're looking like anyway in terms of you know draft efficiency. Because I, uh, I think we're we're probably going to have to start talking about Tavai in a similar sense that we were talking about Davis you know, a year ago or maybe before, I don't know. But I mean, like, you look at how he's playing right now in in coverage especially, and you're just like, there's just, there's he has no chance against a quarterback like Rodgers and probably not much of a chance against whatever tier below Rodgers is. And you'd have to go even further down before you could present an argument to me that he would be reliable in coverage. So uh, it's not just the, you know, it's not just one or two guys, it's a lot of guys. And it's including some of the younger players. And it's like, man you know like some really tough decisions yeah i mean really tough decisions are gonna to to be made defensively here because yeah that's that's a great point i mean yesterday obviously guys were hurt you know flowers isn't in there um but other than flowers i mean who else are we talking about that was hurt that you you thought could have, that did we think could have came in that yeah. game and made a difference not okuda not true font i mean you know it would have been the same so man yeah it's just it's bad the linebacker situation is not good at all um but you know, add it to the list, right? I mean, it's just kind of across the board.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, you and I sit next to each other in the press box uh for these home games, and <clears> on those third downs, uh every time it would happen, you'd kind of yeah. point out and like almost, <laughs> almost laughing in frustration, like Tavai or Davis would run on the field yeah. and be like, "Rod, look, look where Rogers is going to go. He's going to find yeah. him." And every single time, every time, um, and no. None more glaring than probably there was the third. I think it was third and fourteen, which the Lions got mm-hmm. called for defensive holding on it anyway, so it would have been a first down. But it was third and fourteen. Uh, was it Tanya? So I think it was one of the tight ends I ran it was twenty tiny, yards yeah. into the middle of the zone between the linebackers, yeah. turned around, and the Lions had it was Tavai and maybe Collins Curse. were just covering like, no one. They're just yeah. not doing anything, and the Rogers zips a pass in between them. Uh, Tavai had a couple. There's the one pass that got deflected the line and maybe could have been a pick six, but he was facing the wrong direction because yeah, right. he was trying to run right. and find his guy, and that happened a couple times. And uh, So yeah, not to put it all on him, but they're clearly deficient at that position. And as we also talked about in the press box, I, for the life of me, I cannot figure out. I know he was on the field at the end of last year and didn't look great, but for Jalen Reeves-Maben to get zero defensive snaps on, in Ugh. these games, because uh, he's at least a guy that has some... Athleticism and can get yeah, around Yeah, so he's a on the team. Bit. Yeah, right. Um, and so I don't understand why there hasn't been you know sort of a little more movement there, or to just play like all safeties. I know Will Harris isn't very good, but to get you know just have Curse You're play right. as your nickel linebacker and just forget it with these other guys. I mean, it, it's it's a huge problem. And I mean, I will say too, I don't think Trufant or Okuda changes that game, but um, it, just in terms of a from a development standpoint, it'd be nice for them to have both those guys on the field, but specifically to have true out there, because I think that what they're asking Amani or a worry to do on a week to week basis is a lot. And I, yeah. you know, you kind of worry at some point that it's going to get in his head. Um, and he seems like a smart guy, seems like a tough guy. That's not going to bother him that much, but you know, for him to be handling the number one receiver every single week, and at least for the last, Two or three weeks, getting mm-hmm. roasted pretty badly. Yeah, uh, you know, you you kind of wonder if that might linger for a while because he's on a on a really good roster. He'd be a great like number three cornerback to have, and a guy that mm-hmm. you're maybe developing into a starting job down the line. And he's been playing as your number one cornerback since about week two <laughs> right. this season. Uh, and so again, credit to him for hanging in there. And I think he's definitely shown some development, but you know, you're starting two or three deep down the depth chart from where you'd like to be, and uh, that that's always going to be a problem too.
1: Yeah, it's a big test for his growth. I think that that's a fair fair thing because, you know, like unlike earlier parts in the season, you know, when we saw it every time Okuda was on the field, whoever was playing quarterback was just like, well, that's where we're going. You know, we're going to him. And then, you know, that sort of – and I think that, you know, as we saw – you know, Trufant, maybe injuries had something to do with that, too. But every time he was out there, they didn't have a problem picking on him. And a lot of times, you know, Amani would, you know, maybe get tested deep a couple times. But for the most part, teams are staying away from him. But, yeah, no, they're going at him now. And this is going to be a big test to see how he sort of closes the year. Because he closed last year so well. And, you know, I think, you know, to your point, I think he's he seems mentally tough enough to to be able to sort of take all this in and use it as a positive. I think you could argue that, that, you know, maybe some mistakes in that game against Green Bay that got you know, that really, you know, left him exposed or are, are learning points that, you know, he's still a young player and, uh, you know, maybe he can round out and become maybe, you know, maybe a really solid number two corner in the NFL, right? Maybe he's the number one, but I don't, I don't know about that. You drafted Okuda to be, to be the number one and, you know, that's just not working at all either. And you signed Trufant to do it this year and that's not working either. So I, I just, there's no really clean answers here at this point, you know, when you got guys that are scrapping, I guess. I mean, some guys made some plays, guys are hurt. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what the the, the proper, because that was the other thing, you know, I, I, I hesitated to really rail on them too hard about playing Tavai because there's just not a lot of guys left, right. you know. I mean, they, they ended, up, ended up at the end there after it got so bad, and we were like, well, maybe try Reeves-Maben. I mean, they basically just went back to the, you know, three down linemen. They put Christian Jones on the edge, Ragland, Collins in the middle, and then let uh, Curse kind of mm-hmm. play in the box, which is probably their best alignment. It's not great against the run because you're you're you know sort of giving up some size, maybe a little bit, but it's about the best you can hope for because what you have available, you just you really would have needed in a perfect world. I mean, this this should be the year that Will Harris is starting to make some moves, and he's not even playing. This should be a year that Tavai is settling in. And he's falling apart. And Davis is just like this spare part now that, as we've talked about all year, and it's, yeah, it's going to have to be a lot of turnover. It's going to have to be a lot of turnover, um, you know, across the board. They're going to have to eat some contracts and eat some money and just figure this out because, I mean, we talk about all the things on their plate the next GM, the next coach, uh, including the Stafford situation that we'll talk about here in a second, but the defense and especially the lack of speed in the middle of it.
0: That's uh, yeah.
1: It's got to be the number one priority, right? Like you, you've got to find something in the middle here to, to help you out because you have no chance against against
0: a quarterback like Rogers or anybody even close to that. Yeah, that's the thing. The lack of speed is just kind alarming. of alarming. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and even yeah. like even at cornerback, I mean, I think that that's probably the knock on Worry, Yeah, he's a yeah. big physical guy, and then you put Mike Ford out there, and Devontae Adams gets behind him, but he can turn and run and chase it down and make a play in the end zone. And they just don't have a lot of guys who can do that. And you know, I wrote about it a little bit when Patricia got fired, and we, you and I, have talked about it. Mm-hmm. But it, uh, I think Patricia really bought into this idea that, uh, and Quinn as an extension or maybe right. as the driving force. I'm not sure again how that relationship exactly was working, but I think that they they bought into this idea that things are kind of are, are go cyc- cyclically, are cyclical mm-hmm. in the NFL. Yep. You know, everyone went to the wanted to spread the field and get lighter up front and all this and. And eventually you were going to have an advantage just by going back to being more of a throwback team and just being able to, you know, be more physical and play those bigger guys. And and then you could overwhelm these as teams went, uh, you know, went to lighter and quicker offensive linemen, you'd have bigger and stronger guys in the box and you'd be able to overwhelm them. And it hasn't happened. You know, we're not at that point where teams are coming back where th- that's evening out. And so now you're just slow everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that's you're right. That's The Packers show that off because you see them twice, twice a year and you've got Rodgers back there and, you know, these freaky guys like Adams and Aaron Jones. But that's the problem when they play Minnesota, too, uh, is that yes. they can't cover play action and they can't cover misdirection and these crossing routes and everything because they just don't have any... The awareness from these guys is, is bad, but they don't have any speed to make up for things either. So you wind up losing to the same types of teams over and over again.
1: Right. And I don't want to just put it on I don't want to just put it on, you know, the linebackers either, because, you know, that's a, Tracy Walker hasn't been good. Hasn't been good. They still don't have a guy on this team that can cover a tight end. Um, you know, and like you said earlier, I mean, it's become a thing now. Against you know a good quarterback you know I think we saw some of it with Philip Rivers too um you know they get to a point in the game where they walk up to the line if they see man coverage they look for Tavai or Davis or a linebacker that they can beat and that's where they go and like oftentimes more often than not it's at least a completion I mean how many times do we see just these like casual seventeen yard chunks that happen <laughs> yeah, it's just right. like like Rogers threw a couple yesterday that were like. You know, he makes the play and it's so quick and so easy and just casual. And then you look up, you're like, that was like 13 yards. <laughs> that took like a half second and it was like 13 yards. It wasn't nothing. And it was like, you, it was just like, like it was nothing. Like him hand the ball off on like an inside zone that goes for two, but it was just like this quick, you know. And so you see this all the time and it's like, you can't get a pass rush because the ball comes out so fast because you can't cover anybody. And you can't cover anybody because you can't get a pass rush. And it's just like all the things on top of that. I actually thought they did fit the run a little better. Yeah. yesterday. Um, you know, not enough, obviously, At least to hold, inside, to hold yeah. on. But yeah, I mean, John Penasini has been a nice find. I mean, I think that we've seen enough from him this year to where, you know, you can make a case that that's a guy that you'd like to certainly have back and say, okay, well, we'd like to see more from you and, you know, go forward with that. And that. so that's positive. But is Penasini like the only guy on that defense right now that we can say, I mean, a, a warrior, I, I would still say Amani is in that spot because he's had a better year than what we saw yesterday those two guys obviously like there's some older guys you have to keep but I'm talking like younger players here now that you can look at and say well we know that you know maybe there's going to be a nice upside to this person or he's gonna be able to fill a role here I, I like that's the really concern for Aquara, but he, obviously you're gonna have to sign him but like, that's the concern here is that you just don't have anything in terms of youth either. That's, it's a, it's a problem across the board. Just guys you signed and the guys that you're, that you drafted, none of them are working and it's just a, it's just a kind of a perfect mess.
0: Yeah. And, you know, again, guys like Pennacini too, you know, uh, as we were doing, we've been doing some of our roster look-aheads. I mentioned, you know, Kyle O'Brien who interviewed, you know, is the VP of player personnel interviewed for the GM job internally uh, mm-hmm. last week mentioned uh, when I wrote a story about Panacini earlier in the year that they drafted him, were able to draft him as late as they did because, you know, they were looking for more 3-4 nose yeah. tackle types, like run two-gapping, run-plugging guys. Uh, and so teams that played 4-3 and wanted to get downhill and were, you know, one-gapping and playing more aggressively didn't necessarily need him. And so you look at a guy like that who's even playing really well, and you say, well, what if they hire a coach who yeah, wants to play yeah. a 4-3? A <laughs> and and one gap (laughs) then what are you going to do with him and and so you're starting to you know and people keep asking us these questions too like how many guys in this front seven realistically translate to uh are are really realistically scheme diverse and it's it's pretty low it's you know it's it's like flowers and okora i guess in theory jamie collins Mm -hmm. um but it's not a huge number and so again you know Deshaun hand i guess you'd put in there but again it's uh it's not a long list of of names and so this is a pretty big project and I get maybe that's where we transition into the other side of the ball Mm -hmm. because I don't know how many big projects you can take on at once I guess is what I'm gonna start with here you know if you're gonna say we have to totally redo the defense or, or redo most of the defense does that mean you're you're just stripping it all down and blowing it up and rebuilding? Or does that mean you say we want to keep the offense has to be something we can we can lean on for a year or two because I think that that's sort of where the Stafford conversation is going to begin here. I know there's you know kind of a lot of chatter now with the injury yeah. that maybe he played his last game as a lion. I don't know. Has anything changed for you over the last week or two uh, in terms of what his future might be here?
1: Uh, I mean, like, I guess we'll have to see about this injury, but no, I mean, like, I don't think so. I think that the conversation we had last week about, you know, the money and that whole piece of it that, you know, the next GM is going to have to, you know, really look into. And that's the, that's probably the number one question. I mean, I would think, I think that's a, a safe bet is, you know, do you want to, and there's really, you know, it's not that many options. It's, do you want to move him next year in the spring you know for that 19 million dollar dead money number uh knowing that you probably will get you know a nice bit of return on that you know would you be able to turn that into you know, moving up the board and realistically having a shot at somebody like Justin Fields, I don't know. But, like, that's the number one thing that the next general manager and probably head coach are going to have to hash out. Like, what do you want to do with Stafford? And they're not going to be able to have a lot of time. I mean, that's – like, if when do we think – like, if if they hire somebody January, February, I mean, you're still, like – you're talking, like, within a month and a half, you're probably going to need a decision because I think that you'd need to make that deal before – certainly before June and probably around springtime. So, um. Yeah, I mean, I still think that's just going to be there, sitting there, no matter what happens in these last couple games. I don't think that any performance in any of these changes that one way or the other. Um, you know, obviously, if Stafford's hurt and he can't play going forward, it'll probably expose uh, more issues with the fact that they just don't have any plan behind him right now on this roster in terms of quarterback. I mean, Chase Daniel is seems like a nice guy, but uh, he's making an awful lot of money to be a guy who just sort of comes in and. Polishes a game off or, or fills in it. He's not a future long term option. So, um, I don't think it. I don't think the injury or anything else changes it. And I think that you know, I think Stafford made some nice throws in that game again. And I think all the points that we made last week about, you know, yeah, the offense is, you know, and it might it might still be a, a case where you're just blowing the whole thing up and saying we'll play all the young guys, get picks in here and play the youth, I guess, as best you can. But the offense is still probably closer. Um, than the defense in any scenario, even if you do blow it up. So maybe that's something to take into consideration. But uh, I think my bottom line either way is that no matter what happens, they're going to have to draft a quarterback this year or this next, you know, this next cycle here Um, early, probably, you know, like draft a quarterback with the intent of like, we need to find a guy who can take this job because Stafford isn't going to be here for five more years or probably even three more years. So I think that's where I would start with it, and then the ultimate decision on what are you going to do with him in terms of do you want to trade him and try to get the most value you can for him, or do you want to wait uh, and hang in there? Because we can look across the NFL. I mean, it's every week now. You know, San Francisco, yeah. you know, going to need a quarterback. You know, you know some of these other teams, like we talked about last week. You know, the Colts. I mean, I know they won, but you know, the Colts are pretty darn good. I would think that. You know, if you think Stafford's an upgrade over Philip Rivers, which I would argue. <laughs> it's probably the case, Uh, you know, like maybe maybe they're willing to be aggressive. So who knows, right? I think that that's the whole thing. It's just you have to wait and see what the market looks like and everything else, Uh, maybe how teams finish the season two, but um, it'll be interesting.
0: Yeah, the market, that that's the only thing where I would think the injury, depending on what it is, right, it is could yeah. have an impact. I mean, if it's a one-week thing where he just was not feeling great when he got hit and he can play through it, then all right, whatever. If it's something where they're going to shut him down now, Mm-hmm. Uh, you're talking <laughs> that, that, about a Q- yeah. QB in his mid 30s who now would have back-to-back yeah. season-ending injuries, and in 2018, mm-hmm. they probably should have shut him down. I mean, he could right. barely walk around the locker room at the end of that season uh, because his back was so banged up. And then 2019, he gets hurt, and now he's hurt again. And so, if this winds up being something where, and again, we don't know, maybe he plays through it next week. Maybe he's, you know, maybe it was just yeah. he just couldn't go out there. In the moment, but if this becomes anything semi long term, I think you know teams looking in are going to have to wonder about that. You know whether they can trust him for a full season or two, three full seasons. Uh, Do you think that? uh, How much of a conversation do you think this is as they're interviewing GMs and head coaches? Like, does it does it need to be? What are you going to do? What's your plan at quarterback? What do you think of Matthew Stafford, or do you think that it just folds under the general? plan over, I would, like how yeah, specifically do question. they need to get yeah. into that
1: uh, that's a great question and a fascinating question because i would hope chris that it's like the number one <laughs> thing the they're talking question, about yeah. like hey i'm rod wood hey i'm sheila Hampford. what do you think of stafford before you even sit down what do you you know like if you're here what are you going to do about our quarterback situation like that i would hope that is like at top of mind in all of those prospective conversations, uh, you know, both now and moving forward, uh, you know, what are your plans going to be? Certainly when they sit down with, you know, longer term interview or, you know, formal interviews with more people. I know they've had some internal ones and all that. But once they sit down with people who can, you know, from other teams and bring them in here and all this, like it's got to be right off the shoot, right? Like what what are you going to do? with this roster and, and that has to start with our most expensive player and what do you gonna do with Stafford? And what do you what do you think we should do with Stafford, I guess, would be <laughs> would be the starting off point because that has to be the driver here, because I almost feel like you can't do anything else in some ways. I mean, I guess you can, but to me it kind of feels like you really can't get into much until you address that. You know what I mean? Like you can make some moves and you can do some things, but like the the crux of the plan moving forward for the next regime it would seem to me like the whole thing is going to pivot on what they do with the quarterback thing, you know, how they come out of this with, you know, are you going to be able to find a player this year that reasonably can be ready to play in, you know, not that long of a distant future. Um, does that mean that you move on from Stafford and roll with a rookie and Chase Daniel? Does that mean you keep Stafford and let him groom a rookie? You know, does what does that mean? What does that look like? What's that's got to be the whole thing because I just think you can't really go anywhere with what do you want to do here after, you know, in the immediate, uh, after you address that, I mean, long-term, you know, planning and everything else is one thing, but you know, they, that's, that's hanging there and that's going to have to be addressed, um, pretty quickly. I would think. And I would hope, I would really hope that that's like one of the first things, because if it's not, I don't know what you're asking. I don't know. What, what's the conversation like, Hey, do you, uh, where do you want to live downtown? You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what, what are we talking about if not? So I hope that that's the conversation. I, I don't know that, but, uh, certainly you would hope so.
0: Yeah. I- I also will say it's not – and we have this conversation, I feel like, every year because we've been talking about Stafford's future for a while now. But it's not as easy as it just sort of looks on paper to say, well, we're going to draft a guy and let him sit behind Stafford for a year or two Uh and then play him. You know, even if you're – because if you're taking a guy in the top 10, you're doing it with the intention that he's going to play – Pretty early on, I think. I mean, there's there's like the Jalen Hurts scenario this year where he's a round two guy, and now he kind of gradually gets into the lineup. Like sort of happened with Drew Locke was a round two guy in Denver, and now he looks uh, better, certainly, than he did. Uh, But once you get into it, you know, you can get a lot of action for these rookie quarterbacks coming in in the spring and the summer. But once you start the regular season – uh. You're only getting so much benefit from a guy sitting and watching. I mean, he can he can learn from being behind a quarterback, but you're That's not giving point. him first team reps and practices. He's not playing in the games. You're basically yeah. using a redshirt year on him if you're going to keep Stafford and leave him as your starter. And so that becomes kind of complicated too. I mean, uh, if you're if because both on both fronts, if you're saying to Stafford, we want you for one one more, we're going to use you for one more year, and then your job is going to be this guy's. So just. Uh, do what you can to bring him along and go win us some games. And then we're going to get ready. <laughs> like that's a pretty complicated yeah. premise too. Um, so there certainly are uh, a lot of conversations to be had uh, in terms of Stafford. But yeah, like you said, it, you know, if you're going to move on from him, there's got to be something. There has to yes. be some sort of plan. You know, you, and again, I think they have to take a quarterback regardless, which to go back to the Bob Quinn point, you've got five, draft picks this year now so you're not exactly stockpiled with with uh draft capital you don't have a lot of guys that you're going to be able to move and pick up right. f- extra draft picks so this is this is a big challenge especially as we're talking about needing to remake the defense too so i i don't know i mean i i don't think there is an answer at this point you know we're kind of getting into sort of turning an eye towards what the draft's going to look like but if you're saying they need to remake the defense and they need help at various right. spots on offense, I mean, you can't just throw everything <laughs> in there for right. a quarterback. So I don't know. I don't know what the future is here. Um, it's definitely, uh, it's man. tough because like yeah. you,
1: that's a great point. You don't want to you don't want to just waste a year, but you also don't want to dump an impossible situation on the head of a young player. And say, you know, because you know how that would go. We all do. Like if they if if, let's say for hypothetical, you know, a case here, right? Let's say they get uh, Justin Fields. Let's say they find a way and Justin Fields comes in here and the team is just abominating. They trade everybody, right? Like they just got the team. There's nobody left. It's a bunch of young guys and spare parts and whatever else. And they're just trying to grind through it. And they and they have a mess of a season. Chris, you've been around here for a long time. Do you think <laughs> Lions fans, Lions Twitter, Lions whatever, would immediately blame it all on Justin Fields or wait till the end of the season to say he's a bust and everything? You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's kind of the, <clears throat> the thing that you have to remember with young players. Like, uh, you know, if you bring a guy in who's super young and you put everything on his head and it doesn't go well, like, there's going to be a lot of things that he's going to have to deal with. Okuda's going to have to deal with all this mentally this year. Like, this offseason for him is going to be super important. Number one, that he gets healthy physically with, you know, the groin or whatever else he's got going on. But number two, his confidence has to get rebuilt. He has been shredded all year. And he obviously his play's been bad. But, I mean, my God, it was his first start of the season. And you've got the radio station here. Oh, my God, what a bust. They should have never taken this guy. And it's like, what? So now he's got to go through this whole thing. He played in a horrible defensive backfield all year long in a horrible scheme in a horrible situation he was hurt none of it went well I can't imagine that Jeff Okuda is as confident today as he was a year ago at this time about his football playing career so he's going to have to sort of gather himself as he goes and the same thing would be said for a quarterback so it's tough you don't want to put a guy in an impossible situation where you know a bunch of stuff beyond his control just Mounts and mounts and mounts and wrecks him mentally to where you're now even further behind than you needed to be. So, yeah, I mean it's a (laughs) it's a really tough spot, and I don't know what the answer is. I think the the best case scenario answer would have been probably to take a guy in this year's draft, right? Last year's draft. Although if you didn't like Tua, you know, or Justin Herbert at the time, you know, you don't want to just take a guy to take a guy either. So you know, I don't know. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. So. Um, but no, I mean, nothing gets done here until they make that decision. I think number one, and and that's the thing to remember is that, you know, indecision, indecision on this is probably the worst scenario. Just kicking the can down the road with no plan is probably the worst thing that could happen. I mean, if they do bring Stafford back, there needs to be some sort of plan and maybe we don't get that plan from them. Maybe they keep that under the hat, but you know, a plan moving forward about here's what we're going to do with our quarterback spot, you know, in this year, next year, year after blah, blah, blah. Here's reasonably what our plan is. You know That would have to be the number one thing that's decided uh, before anything gets started.
0: Yeah, and again, I don't want to go too deep into the conversation because we've got four, well, at least three months here before yeah, Stafford's right. roster bonus uh, is due and they maybe need to make a move. We don't have a coach or GM yet, but I, I do think that there is uh, – again, it just goes back to sort of the way Bob Quinn approached this thing. He said his first year, he said, I think it's good business to draft a quarterback at least every other year. Uh, just because of what the NFL is and he I mean I guess he took Jake Rudock and he took Brad Kaya (laughs) so I guess Uh. he sort of stuck to the plan for a little bit but uh, you know they never took anyone that was seriously going to threaten developing into a a starting quarterback and so now you're in this spot here where you know Daryl Webb was talking up David Blau's progress (laughs) and like yeah all right he's again nice guy maybe a really good backup to have around but you can't trade Stafford and say well, we're going to go chase Daniel David Blau for the this next regime. Like that's right. that's not the way to go forward. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. We'll see. And I guess that on that, you know, as we get into these coaching GM interviews, um, I think from our vantage point that the tough thing, and maybe from their vantage point too, is just kind of narrowing down the field at all. I mean, it's just again as we've talked about, this is a huge undertaking mm-hmm. for Sheila Fordham. Not just to have the one job open, but to have both jobs open, they had three internal interviews last week uh Kyle O'Brien, uh, Lance Newmark, who's been with the organization for over two decades now, and Rob mm-hmm. Loman, uh, the director of pro scouting um, i got you know we got some questions uh I think in the q and a and then I got a bunch on on Twitter just people really um Not panicked, I don't think, but just really concerned that this was, oh, classic lines. They fire a guy, now they're going to interview the guys who are right underneath them. Um, And I I will say, I think that this is sort of just the general, the standard practice when something like this happens. Because you're not only interviewing uh, for coach and GM necessarily, but I think you're trying to gauge whether you want to keep some of these other guys around too. And so those interviews make some sense there. These guys... Always will take an interview for coach or GM because it's just experience going through that process. So uh, I don't know. Do you read anything into them doing that? Do you think any of those guys are viable candidates? So we've talked about Bevel as head coach. Do you think mm-hmm. the Lions could keep? I, no, they I, can't internally no, promote no. someone at GM, right?
1: No, no. I mean, that would be that would make little sense uh, to me. You know, and it would just go back to this the same old like. Well, then why wasn't this? If you think this person is. <laughs> You know, whoever it is, it, it should be your GM. Then why wasn't he the GM? You know, for the last three or four years, right? So, like, I don't think that that's necessarily. But no, to your point, I think that you know, I can remember back, like you said. I mean, when they were hiring Patricia, I wasn't covering the team, but I can remember them making announcements. You know, we've we've interviewed internal candidates, and and that happens. Uh, that happens a lot, so not surprising at all. And those are the easiest ones to get done too. You know, I mean, you can you can go through those interviews and get a good sense. And also, I think you know, in those interviews, if you're Rodwood and Sheila Ford, you can. You know, pick those guys' brain about you know uh, whatever you want. I mean, they're here; they've been here the whole time. Like, what do you think is wrong here? Tell me mm-hmm. what you think is wrong. This is your chance, right? Like, and it's it's as much I think in that sense a fact finding, or it should be anyway, a fact finding experience or exercise as it would be anything else. Because as we've established, you know, they don't have a football president. So Rod Wood has been involved in some of these conversations, you know, over the last since Patricia and Bob Quinn have been fired. Uh, you know. Seems he's trying to learn more about all these things and everything else. Uh, but, you know, I would think that fact finding about what we need here and what we don't need and everything else would have to be also on the docket. And that's something you can get done in those interviews. But no, I, I wouldn't. I can't imagine. I mean, really, the only guys, though, Chris, that they could interview in season would be like Rick Smith, um, you know, because he doesn't have a job right now. Or I suppose if you wanted to interview somebody like Louis Riddick you know, or whatever, you know, but otherwise, you know, they have to wait, right? Like they have to mm-hmm. wait until the season's over. So it'd be another three weeks at least, I guess, right? Because it's three more games. Or at yeah, least, another... until,
0: yeah, right. Until the regular season's over. Yeah, yeah until the regular season. the playoff yeah. interviews, like I guess, which, you know, would be over Zoom this year anyway. So it right. might be easier to knock some of those out. But yeah, the, the, it sounds like, um, you know, Dave Burkett reporting that Rick Smith's probably going to get oh, an interview, which, which yeah. I don't think is a surprise. I mean, I no. think we assumed yeah. he was going to be one of the guys and probably go through – you know yep. jerry reese's name was out there it's probably all those guys that you're talking about that are available to interview right now you may as well go do it and get the yep. ball rolling like maybe one of those guys
1: yeah the would guy.
0: it wouldn't shock to see a coach like that either right like if there's a coach i don't know if there is one but if there's a coach
1: sitting there that doesn't have a job uh,
0: i got a lovey smith mention last night. <laughs> there you go <laughs> if you want to go down that road gus melzahn
1: to... is not looking for lovey, a
0: job <laughs> Lovey, uh, Lovey put together a pretty good record with the bears yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> they probably go. would rather have him back uh but yeah, I mean, there are. Who's in that? Who's in that head coach? I mean, I don't think you're bringing in Bill O'Brien. We mentioned a few of these <laughs> guys, I think. But yeah. even the college guys, right? Like, yeah, yeah, I don't know what the rules are.
1: There are, are no. Are rules. there rules for college? There are no <laughs> rules. There's only horrible looks. So, like, what 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 you see there is like because uh, you know signing days this week obviously so a guy could interview without any whatever I mean it wouldn't be a problem I don't think there's any tampering or whatever they're in different leagues so like there would be yeah. no that's an NFL rule it's just a matter of like you know can you interview can you realistically interview a guy and keep it under wraps to where his entire you know place doesn't find out about it and want him run, run out of there the next day I mean that that's you know more of a challenge so um, no I would think that right now anyway anything that they do in these next couple weeks would have to be you know, with somebody who doesn't have a job right now, um, or is internal, but it doesn't necessarily mean that this is you know that they interviewed Kyle O'Brien or whomever first that that would be their first choice. That's not really how this works at all. And and I would also note that you know NFL searches are different because the timelines are so weird, especially when you fire a guy this early. Um, but in my experience covering these and most of them have been in college, you know the beginning stages, which actually usually lasts a lot longer than people want to realize or admit to themselves is all about, you know, getting your ducks in a row and really just getting a giant list and then starting to pare it down. That's what the first, however many days, weeks, whatever, how much time you have, depending on your timeline. That's what that is. And they, they still may very well be in that process. I would, I would assume they are, even if they are going to start interviewing people, because obviously maybe somebody like Rick Smith was probably on that list to begin with. Um, but I would, I it shouldn't shock anyone or cause any panic that they don't have any, you know, what appears to be any like concrete steps forward here about what they're going to do. Other than, uh, I suppose Rick Smith would be probably the first one, but um, that's not surprising about probably about expected. And you know, I think we'll just have to wait and see. When would you think, Chris? When would you think idealistic or realistically, or you know, the ideal time? What would the ideal time to have a GMB? Do you think, like, if you had your choice? Uh, when would that sort of come uh like right now or would that have to be like you know like January 5th or whatever
0: I mean I think you would probably like to have one I mean it wouldn't hurt to have one by the end of the year but again yeah. you're not then you're hiring I mean you're basically hiring, hiring someone, someone without who's a job yeah been fired elsewhere or yeah. like like you mentioned Lewis Riddick Daniel Jeremiah who's on the you know mm-hmm. TV side of it and could could move over but yeah I mean if you're talking so it'd be Rick Smith and like Jerry Reese, Thomas Dimitrov, Reggie McKenzie. Yeah. We mentioned a bunch, John Dorsey. Like we mentioned a bunch of these guys uh, in our candidates post. So again, I mean, maybe one of those guys really you've zeroed in on him already. But I, I think that, as you said, if they're going through this of just sort of this fact finding uh, mission right now and trying to build out the candidates, I, I think it'd be hard and probably foolish to hire someone without talking to the people, yeah, on other teams. So you know that takes you into January at least. I mean, you sort of get to, uh, you know the the big dates on the NFL offseason calendar, and really like the Senior Bowl is the first big mm-hmm. check mark, which is the end of January, and you would like to have someone in place by then, um, yeah. And then you get into the combine in February, you have to have everything settled by the combine. So, right. you know, you've basically got a two-month window from right now where uh, you need to get everything ready. And you probably like to err on the side of sooner rather than later. So, I mean, I think, like, if they're still without a coach and GM a month from today, right, it's a problem. That's they're, what I was just going to get. They're in a they're in trouble. I mean, I think you yeah. need to have a, G- like you've got to, and again, I don't think you need to go necessarily GM first and then head coach. That was one of the things I asked, uh, Amy Trask mm-hmm. when I did that interview with her, she said, if you've got a head coach you like, go hire that coach and then find the GM later. But it, just, in terms of the timeline, it seems like it would make sense to go get, uh, the GM first and, and figure yeah. it out. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, you can't wait till after the Super Bowl to hire both guys, I don't think, because then you're into well, you're way way off schedule. You almost would have to keep everyone else, like you'd almost would have to guarantee most of the front office is going to stay in place because you'd have to have scouts out everywhere. That's yeah. sort of where it gets tricky. If you're gonna if you're gonna leave everything wide open, like these guys who are out scouting and everything, uh, none of them know if they're going to be here right. for right. the draft. Uh, so you almost have to give them some uh, promises that you're going to keep them around and that they need to keep doing the job for you because otherwise, uh, you know, to, to just completely start over after the Super Bowl or whatever, you know, you're basically punting on the off season.
1: Right. So, so now what you're doing is you're basically just weighing the tension between, you know, do we, you know, if you like, if you, if you interview Rick Smith this week and you love him, do you say, you know, we want to wait. To see if we can talk to you know whomever whoever you know like Borgonzi whoever it is you know one of these guys on a playoff team or whatever do you want to wait? Do you think that that would be productive? You can back channel and find out if waiting is you know worth your time or not because some of these guys might tell you go ahead and do whatever you want to do because I'm not interested. I mean that's that's a big part of the equation here. There is no promise <clears throat> that anybody. On those, you know, we, we did that GM's list, and a lot of those guys were, you know, top end guys that are at the top of the heap for a lot of teams. There's no promise that at Dodds or Borgonzi or anybody in Baltimore or the guys in Seattle. There's no promise that they want the Lions' job. Maybe, but there's no guarantee. So you would, so what you would do now, and these, you know, and I'm sure I'm hopefully for their sake, they've already done some of this, is to start to figure out, you know, how many of these guys on our list want to talk to us. And if they don't want to talk to us, we're not going to wait. And if there's not enough people to wait for and we really like somebody like Rick Smith, then hire him. Like that would be my sort of thing as I would approach this here. You don't want to sell yourself short, but you also don't want to wait just for the sake of waiting so it looks like you're telling fans like right. Well, we waited, you know, and no one wanted to talk to us, but <laughs> right. so we're now going to hire Rick Smith anyway a month later. You know, like that sort of thing. And I'm not, you know, I don't know if they're going to hire Rick Smith or not. I'm just using him as a name because it was brought up today. But like that's sort of the thing that you do in these is the timelines can be adjustable and the timelines can change depending on availability. The timelines can change depending on interest, lack of interest. Uh, and all of those things have to be sort of, you know, ID'd here. And that, you know, that process is all that's happening now, I assume. And, and that's what we'll, we'll ultimately have to wait and see is, are they going to wait because they think they can get, you know, one of these guys that's on a good team right now or in a front office that's had really good draft success and all this, if they think they can get one of these people in here for an interview and they think they have a real shot at it, then go ahead and wait. But if you don't think that, then, you know, you probably need to take advantage of that situation maybe and get started earlier. Because if you do get a coach, because like, that's the next step, right? If you hire a GM January 10th, he's going to have to come in here, and uh, or she, I suppose, would have to come in here yeah. and immediately have a coach like ready to go within, like what, a week? I mean, it you, you can't wait much longer after that. Yeah. So, and, you know, and like,
0: again, there's not, you know, there's not necessarily a boilerplate way to do this. Washington no. last year, um, you know, Washington doesn't really have a GM right now. Right. You know, it's yeah, got, uh, they, they have Kyle Smith was in there, uh, college personnel department and now he's their vp of player personnel which is kyle o'brien's job with the lions and he basically you know ron rivera i think calls most of the personnel shots kind of in conjunction with him and again so maybe that's a possibility for a while maybe again if you're saying we're going to take our time with this gm search here's the coach we're going to go with or you know maybe that's what those internal interviews were about kyle o'brien we're going to keep you on like we want you to be here we're going to have you help us get through this uh, we like the way the scouting department's set up. I, and I don't know if that's realistic thing to think because we we were just talking about how bad the draft picks are. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know if you can say that, but you've got to basically have something in place to keep the wheels turning. Right now, they've got you know four guys reporting up to Rod Wood when they make personnel decisions, like releasing Marvin Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, and in theory, you could keep that going, you know, into the off season. I guess. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but there's, yeah, I, I don't know. I so to go back to your original question. I don't know that there is a timeline. I mean, I think you'd like to have some, some set plan within the mm-hmm. next three to four weeks. By the time week 17 over, maybe you give yourself one more week after that yeah, 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 to yeah. get it figured out. And then you've got to know which direction your off season's headed because you're going to have to start not just the scouting process for the draft, but you're going to have to start figuring out like the, Some of those Stafford conversations and everything, by the time you, at least in a normal year, by the time you get to the Senior Bowl, a lot of those conversations are happening between teams. And I don't know what the Senior Bowl, I mean, I think teams are still going to be at the Senior Bowl, but. Sounds like it, yeah. um, You know, by the Senior Bowl and the Combine, most of the stuff that's going to happen over the next month is plotted out pretty well. So, yeah, I mean, there's a time crunch here and a lot to get done. And again, you go back to, you know, our Sheila. Uh, Sheila Ford Hamp and Rod Wood and maybe Mike Disner, um, Mm -hmm. if he's helping with this, like, do they know what's happening? (laughs)
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the ultimate question. It's like, and we're not going to get that answer from them. But the ultimate question is, is when is your drop dead date on, you know, I would think a GM would be the first tire here. uh, And when is your date that you want one in place? And like you said, if it's the end of if it's one week after the end of week 17, then that would tell me that you think that you can get a guy who is currently on a team somewhere uh, to come talk to you or whatever, uh, and you have a realistic shot. If not, if you don't think that, and you have some interviews with some people that you like, like Rick Smith's a qualified candidate, I would think. Like, that's yeah, one right there sure. that, like, like if they well. could land him, I think that'd be a nice hire. I don't think that would be the number one on my list, but it would, you know, he's, he did some nice things. So, like, if you could get that cleaned up and done. I mean, shoot, there's nothing to stop you from saying you could do that before the new year starts. I mean, that would be, you know, probably a much better scenario if you could figure that out. But, like, that's the tension, right? Where it's like, do you want to wait or not? And if you yeah. want to wait, that means you better you better know if you're going to get one of these guys to sit down and talk to you, like, that you're going to have a chance at them. If you don't, and you have to be honest with yourself, because if you don't think that if that's the case, then it's probably better to just, you know, move forward with what's here and see what you can see what we can do because there are qualified candidates right now and Smith's one of them and he's got interest in other I think the Falcons have also expressed interest in him too so you know if you want to get into that party you're going to have to maybe be a little bit more aggressive so that kind of makes me makes me wonder when their date is uh, and what they think about you know guys who are still working on other teams about what their availability will be
0: or whether they're interested. Do you worry about optics at all? I mean, like if I Rick Smith comes in and kills do. it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if Rick Smith has a great interview, he says, here's my plan, it just yeah. blows him away. He's obviously, as you said, he had uh, a pretty decent track record. I mean, that Houston team was right. in the playoffs on a regular basis. It wasn't a – you know, they didn't fire him because he was a bad no. GM. He he uh, took time off sick, right? because his yeah. wife was sick. Um, and it sounds like he's ready to get back into the game. So if he comes in and – Blows you away, and you say, "All right, well, we're done on December twentieth. We're not going to interview Ed Dodds or Borgonzi, yeah. or I mean, I, I, you're okay I, with that
1: if if they don't think they can get those guys to sit down <laughs> yeah. for an interview in January, then I would be okay with it. But yeah. if it's just negligence, and that's the thing, you just never know, right? But I would assume that if they make a decision before, then it would mean that they don't think that they are, you know. They don't think they're going to be able to compete for those names, you know, and that's, you know, I don't know. I mean, we'll see how many other jobs come open. We'll see how many other GM, what, are, how, how many are out there right now? Three? Is there at least three or is there more than that? It's uh, Jags, Lions, and Falcons. There's another one. Uh, Houston. Uh,
0: maybe. <laughs> Houston, yeah. Um, Houston,
1: Jags, Lions, Falcons. That's four. So, um, like, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, mean I guess on... technically Washington, like I sure, just sure. said, doesn't really have one. Um... But
1: I, you know, no, I would have no problem with it. I mean, if you if they if they sit down and interview, you know, a guy like Rick Smith, who's a unique candidate in a unique situation, you know, he's a younger guy, he's not that old, got good experience, he's made he's had some nice drafts, you know, you know, personal circumstances took him away from his last job, he didn't get fired for performance. Like if they interviewed him and like he likes it too, and they decide, you know, like around Christmas time or something like that that they want to do it, then I, you know, I I don't think I would have a big. You know, hubbub about that uh because, you know, of all the candidates I would argue that don't have a job right now, he's probably the top one. He's probably number one on that list, I would think. Yeah. So he's got,
0: I mean, I, yeah, he's, I would, yeah, I wouldn't have an issue with that.
1: But I mean, other people probably
0: would. Sure. <laughs> and,
1: like, and I could, I don't think I could blame him. But like, you know, optics, yeah, I mean, it, that's one thing I can never tell with the Lions is like, Sometimes I think they worry too much about what the fans think, and sometimes I don't think they ever care enough at all about what the fans think. So it's like there's never a good medium in the middle, and like that's part yeah. of the problem. Yeah. Uh,
0: I think a lot of it's going to come down, whatever the decision is, whatever the timeline is, a lot of it's going to come down to how this is presented when they make mm-hmm. the decision. You know, are they yeah. like, and I don't know like specifically what it needs to look like, but I think they need, you know, whatever, however much of the plan and the process they can reveal to people. When it's done, um, yes, yeah, I point. think would would help everyone get in by get in line behind it. You know, if they are like you said, if they're interviewing people just for the sake of interviewing people, uh, and then it's January twenty first, and they hire Rick Smith a month after they now <laughs> we got a him, problem. Yeah, right, exactly. Like, okay, well, yeah. what were you what were you what are doing? you doing? Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I think if you know if you do this and you say, "Look, we like Rick. This is this is what he sees as the vision for the future." Then Rick Smith comes out and says, "Here's what I want to do with you know X, Y, and Z. Here's what I see for this team." Like I think if you can present some sort of unified front and some sort of actual plan, and a lot of the problem with the Patricia and Quinn era, uh, at least from the media standpoint, and I think probably bled into the frustration from the fans, is that we were just like we kind of figured out what the plan was and it was didn't work Mm. and it it wasn't a good plan we kind of figured it out but they never were like at any point of it we're really explaining what the plan was you know they were telling us uh sort of here's why we signed this guy here's why this guy's not back there wasn't any of that it was all behind the curtain and so i I, think those uh, are
1: hard things to communicate sometimes true Um, that's true and i get that part of it but no you're right i mean like you can't What you can't do is the one thing you said where, like, what you can't do is go through all this song and dance, wait forever, get to the end of January, like, well past any time where it's reasonable that, you know, you should have had a hire made and then hire, uh, you know, someone that you could have gotten on December 15th. Like, you can't do that because there's nothing you're going to be able to explain to people that's going to make them believe that you didn't just screw this whole thing up and then put yourself behind the eight ball even further which would be like worst case scenario. So that I would say like just don't do that, and you should be okay. But like if you do do that, uh, you're gonna need a better answer than well, you know, we just needed to make sure, you know. It's, so that's the thing. I think there's just not a lot of trust in the in the people making the decision right now, and I don't know how you blame you know how you blame that because what has Rod Wood done? What is you know we don't nothing that that gives us <laughs> gives us belief that you know this is certainly going to be a great. He's never made this you never done this before. So, like, nothing. And then Sheila Ford, nothing. She's never done this before. So while it could be great, I understand the apprehension of we know nothing about how this could go because they've never done it. And so there's a lot of uncertainty and anxiety around it. And I think that that's understandable. And I assume that they know that. And uh, I guess, yeah, you're right. I mean, we'll see how they present it. That's a great point because I think they took that into account last year, right? It seemed like that they they... They knew that people were like, well, you know, we're going to try this, and I, yeah, I'm not asking right. you guys to believe everything that I'm, but just you know, let's let's ride this out together, and I'm, and trust me when I say I'm trying to do the best I can, and that's all you can ask for. But you know, I don't think the Lions are even having any like ridiculous, you know, visions of like, why are these people? You know, I, I think they understand it, so I guess right. we'll see how it goes.
0: And I think that's what people have asked for more than anything, probably over the last two three years, is just transparency with the ownership group and and yeah. with everything. You know, just keep us. Somewhat informed about what is happening with this organization, and yeah. uh, maybe maybe it can make sense, everyone. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Sheila uh, sort of promised that she'd be a little more open with that. It hasn't necessarily come to fruition yet, but uh, you know, this is a big moment for her. And as we're <laughs> talking about, you know, it's coach, it's GM, it's the defense, maybe mm-hmm. it's the quarterback. I mean, this is there's a lot happening here. This is a huge next three to four months for this organization and the direction it's going to head for five to 10 years. So, uh, yeah. yeah. And I don't know that there's a, one exact way that they need to do it, but they, they need to be comfortable with what they're doing. And then they need to relay that comfort level <laughs> to the fans in some way, shape or form, uh, if they want to get people back on board with all this. So,
1: I, Yeah. And we'll see how that all goes. <laughs> I mean, like that's just the billion-dollar question because you just don't know. These are hard. These are hard things to guess on because you know sometimes an obvious move is an obvious move, and sometimes it's not. You know, so you know we'll just have to sort of sort through it as it goes.
0: Right, and then it's the last thing I'll say, and we can get out of here is that you know people always ask us sort of what are you know who our favorite candidates are, guys, or, guys or women that we think would be good for these jobs. Um and it is difficult. I mean, we can kind of narrow down based on just sort of uh, past histories or the organization that guys are coming out of, but it's hard for us to really narrow it down without you know, being mm-hmm. in those rooms and listening to what they're laying out as their plan yeah. for the future and saying, right. you know, and getting a great feel for their personality. So, um, you know, that's that's part of the the tricky nature of this too. It's just you almost have no choice but to just trust. The people making the decisions, and there's not a lot of goodwill sort of in the bank right. uh, in, in this location. So, uh, understandable It is, too. It is yeah. tough. Mm-hmm.
1: Agree. All
0: right. Well, we got three weeks left in the regular season. Don't know who the quarterback's going to be for the Lions next week. Uh, don't know how many guys on defense are going to be available. Same <laughs> old. Same old. They got, got Derrick Henry uh, waiting for them in Tennessee, oh, yeah. so I'm sure that'll be uh, interesting. But. Uh, Playoff hopes, mathematically still alive. They uh, can climb as high as number four in the draft, and, and that obviously changes the discussion headed into the offseason, too, if you're picking in the top five. So we'll be back at it next week after the Lions visit Tennessee. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> try, not to, try not to lose your minds. We will see what happens. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Uh, so thanks to everyone for listening. You can get us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, a bunch of other places you would. Uh, to listen to podcasts as we always say if we're not showing up somewhere let us know we'll see what we can do about uh, getting one of these years listed on there as well so thanks to everyone who has listened and subscribed and rated us thanks to everyone who subscribed to the athletic as well you can go uh, check out all our content on there we've uh, always got some sort of promotional deal running for new subscribers so make sure you check that out too and we'll be back with you next week so thanks for listening